0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies and huge
1: savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D
0: i g i t e x dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad, Welcome back, everybody. It is 1234 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. I want to mention that guests and Oilers Now receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Stakos. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Tell Brendan, Chris, and Taylor that orders now sent you. As we bring aboard. As we do every Tuesday on Oilers Now, Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector. Uh, brought to you by the 7,000 men and women that work in the horse racing and breeding industry. Horse Racing Alberta. Please note that racing remains suspended this week at Century Mile. But you can still watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Down at uh, Rogers Place as we speak on a day in which the Edmonton Oilers canceled their practice, but the Pittsburgh Penguins did practice, we welcome back to the show Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector.
1: Hey, Spec, how you doing? Just down here at the practice ring, Bobby, watching the uh, Penguins go at her. How do they look?
0: They look like a team practicing, Bob. Uh, <laughs> Boy, it's that sort of in depth perspective that we really. Uh, by the way, Mark, you only have to carry us to one fifteen today uh, okay. because Dave Tippett is going to do a 10 minute hit just for our listeners. Uh, Orders head coach Dave Tippett uh, will join us before Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. So uh, Tip will join us at one fifteen, Jay Woodcroft at one thirty five. So, okay. Uh, uh, let's start with the elephant in the room. No, it's not Jake DeBrusk, who might be out of the Boston room shortly. Instead, uh, Receiving word this morning that Cody Cece has been moved into the COVID protocol uh, list, and the Oilers, out of uh, precautionary reasons, canceled their practice. Uh, You have some personal experience as well with this situation, and you're an observer of it as well. Your take on all of this?
1: Well, you just hope that it doesn't, you know, history doesn't repeat itself these things with teams whether it be you know the NHL teams we've heard or NFL or CFL they tend to start with one or two guys and then over the next few days they often have turned into up to seven or eight or 10 guys so we're going to hope for the best here and hope that uh you know evident it doesn't go beyond Cody CC and they can still feel the team and play hockey games i know they're having already trouble on defense they have a they're going to have a bunch of kids playing defense tomorrow night against Pittsburgh, but let's hope for the order's sake and the sake of Oilers' fans that it starts and ends with Cody Ceci.
0: Yeah, and again, the players uh, that are vaccinated, and all the players on the Oilers team currently are vaccinated, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I'm, I'm getting the text, I took the liberty of updating the listeners on how much of a drop-off's occurred in the positive cases rate in Edmonton, how many fewer people are in the hospital, how many pe- fewer people that are in ICU over the last two months, uh, but the reality is, people are still texting, Well, see, you can still get uh, COVID, whether you're vaccinated or not. It's the severity of the illness to my understanding that, that has sort of been differentiated from getting vaccinated. And there are people and there are players and there are media members, Mark, that had COVID before vaccination was possible. Uh, and so there are people that have lived through this experience and it affects everybody differently, doesn't it?
1: Oh, well, for sure. I mean, I had COVID before there was a vaccine last January and I was I was down and out for a full two weeks, man. Uh, the expectation, you know, the experience, I should say, of people who are vaccinated is when they get COVID, you know, a, a very high percentile does not uh, suffer nearly as badly as those of us who got it unvaccinated. Uh, so, you know, let's hope Cody he doesn't have it too badly and he can get on it. To me, it's it's I would trust that as a as a very healthy, vaccinated Person, Cody Ceci won't suffer too much. Let's hope for that. And more importantly, or or as importantly, let's hope that you know these guys are in close quarters, man. They travel together. You sit next to one guy in the plane, Bob. You sit next to another guy on the bus. You might sit next to another guy at dinner. You might sit next to two different guys in the dressing room, right? So that's why these things spread among hockey teams so easily because. These guys are close to each other. They're sitting side by each
0: all day long, and they're traveling. And they're going to uh, states and provinces that have different sets of rules. I mean, we just did a road trip, and inspect- I-, I know we discussed privately. I- I've been today was the eighth test I've had since the start of the season. Okay, and I'm not getting tested every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. My tests are related to when we travel and when we uh, we travel into the U.S. and when we travel back into Canada. Um, But the reality of the situation is we just did a trip where we went to Dallas, uh, we went to Arizona, and we went to Vegas, right? So uh, with all due respect to Texas and Arizona – there's a fairly uh, liberal interpretation amongst a lot of the citizens in those states as they, they see life a certain way. You know what I'm saying? And I wonder whether or not there's a higher probability, like if it's going to happen, are you more likely to. Uh, and the thing is, you don't even do you even know you, you, you've shared with us. Do you even know how you like did you get it off a, a, like a coffee cup? Did you, do you even know? I don't even know if you know Do you as to how you actually got it.
1: I know who I got it from and that person was walking around with it. It was totally asymptomatic uh, and that person ended up testing positive and really never got that sick. You know, myself, uh, I was very sick for a couple weeks afterwards. That person I got it from wasn't that sick. I don't think that person knows where they got it from. Uh, But I know who I got it from. And, you know, it's nothing malicious. It wasn't someone's fault. I don't blame anyone. It it happens. So anyway, the point is, you know, you travel, you you could grab a cup of Starbucks and, and, you know, scratch your face. And before you know it, you're suffering COVID. So listen, man, we're not doctors. Uh, let's just hope for the best
0: here. and again, I, I try to provide the numbers and those numbers are right on the Alberta uh, HS website they do a great. say you want about the political state in the province right now that website's a good website. All right, spec, there's a hockey angle to this as well because Cody CeCC's played really good for the Edmonton Oilers, especially with both Darnell Nurse and Duncan Keith out of the lineup.
1: You know, he's he's really been a a very steady, steady defenseman on this team, right? He's that defenseman that you don't notice, you know. Uh, I would say that, you know, let's talk about Adam Larson because really Cody Ceci was sort of the de facto replacement on the second-pairing right-side D-man. And I think you notice Adam more for two reasons. I noticed Adam because he, he put more guys on their backside in the defensive zone. But I also noticed Adam... Uh, Adams struggles when the puck's on his stick a lot more than Cody Ceci. I would say that, that Larson is a rougher and more more um, abrasive defender. Uh, not necessarily that much more effective, but certainly harder to play against the Cody Ceci. Cody Ceci's a ton better with the puck on his stick. So, you know what? Cody Ceci's been a pretty good player here, Bob. I, I I have not heard complaints. I have not watched a lot of goals by opposing teams that go, oh, man. Cody Ceasey sure got burned there. He, he's been what you want in a second-pairing defenseman at the end of the game. If someone asks you to say, how did Cody CC play? you got to think hard about it and go, geez, I, I really didn't notice him that much. And that's good news when you're talking about a second-pair D-man.
0: Absolutely. We're joined by Mark Spector. Spector, we will talk about Jake Dabrowski at some point in this uh, 45-minute window that we got you on the show here, but I I, I, I want to sort of go back to yesterday's show. I threw the question out there for the listeners on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Are the Edmonton... It's, they're 15-5 in their first 20 games. they got the best record in the West Wing Conference. Are the Edmonton Orders for
1: real, Speck, in your mind? Oh, well, they got to be. They, they we're a quarter way into the season here. Yeah, they're for real. For sure they are. Uh, you know, there's no – I think that we've got our sample size. It's not fluke. They fought through injury. You know, their goaltending uh, could have fallen apart. It did the exact opposite. Uh, now they're facing huge challenges on defense. And I think since Darnell Nurse went out, what are they, Bob? Are they 3-1? and one? Uh, you know, Yeah. You know, So. so, no, they're for real. They're a very good hockey team. Do they have some warts? Bob, every team in the league has some warts. In the salary cap league, there is no perfect team. And I'll say the last thing I'll say to you is there's always going to be teams whose structure make them better regular season teams and teams like last year's Montreal Canadiens whose structure make them better playoff teams. Mm -hmm. And we're yet to find out a little bit about that, about Edmonton. The question's always going to be the postseason. But I'll tell you what, they're deeper They've got more legit NHL forwards in their lineup. When their defense is healthy, having Keith and um, CeCe in there makes them better, in my opinion, than having Larson and Bear. And uh, if, you know, their goaltending, if, if it plays like this in the playoffs, the goaltending they're getting right now is good enough to win series.
0: All right. Uh, one of the things that I think has been a bit of a surprise with the 15-5 and record is they have dealt. I mean, Mike Smith's only been available for three of the 20 games, okay, yeah. and left in the third game. Skinner comes up. You look on defense, and Broberg and Lagason are in, and Bouchard's taking a step. And then you look up front, McLeod in the three-hole at center. These are organic solutions to some of Edmonton's problems and challenges, Spec.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't seen enough of that here, have we Bob in the last 12 or 14 years for sure. You know, I recall many days when Bakersfield was really just a team full of guys like, like Brad Malone who are, you know, a solid, good, honest AHL player, but he's been there a long time. There's a reason he's not an NHL player. And, they've got you know every AHL team Bob any AHL team you only have three or four or five guys down there that can play effective time in the NHL and the Oilers have had enough of these young guys coming up that they've filled some gaps and I'll I'll say this to you they better not get any more injuries because I looked at that lineup this morning there's not a lot left down there Bobby yeah it's gonna be (laughs) hard it is but so far so good and You know, I'll say this about Broberg, you know, he's probably going to end up going back down, but you may look at the trade deadline and say to yourself, how much do we really need to spend on a left side D-man, knowing that we've got Broberg down there and he's ready to come up? That could be, you know, a a way that he positively, uh, positively affects the Oilers' deadline just by being there in Baco, knowing that he can play.
0: We're joined right now by Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Now, you talked a bit about CeCe, and for me, Spec, Zach Hyman.
1: What an ad. Yeah, really, really. He's a top, you know, he's literally a top-line player in the National Hockey League that you added. You know, we've seen some free agents come here, Bob, and people have watched them play every day, right? And then you go, oh. I thought that guy was better when I used to see him once a month. You know, Hyman's the exact opposite. The more you watch him play, the more you like everything about his game, right? He's he's Every guy in Toronto, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Every guy I know in Toronto told me, you're going to love this player. You're going to love the guy, but you're going to love the player. And every one of those people was right. This is a very good player and he makes Edmonton a much better offensive yeah,
0: team. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, it's twelve forty six in
0: Edmonton Spec. When we come back, we're gonna talk about Jake Debrusque here in Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
1: It's 1248
0: in Edmonton for uh, you Oilers fans and hockey fans out there. Opportunity to join New West Travel for a terrific trip, a four-day roadie to Music City, Nashville. This is in April. You'll get your chance to see the Oilers play the Preds. This package includes exclusive non-stop flights with Flair Airlines, four nights in a deluxe hotel, a great game ticket, and a welcome reception with special guests, all for just $1,750. You can join the Nashville Roadie. Call New West Travel 780 or go online at com. Nashville would be one of Mark Spector's favorite cities as uh, Sportsnet Spec reengages us, courtesy of the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. You love, it's Nash Vegas now, isn't it, Spec?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you take me to Nashville any day, Bobby, i Who isn't a big fan of going to Nashville? Come on now.
0: That's no, that's a good trip.
1: All righty. Uh, Mark,
0: yesterday, uh, word broke on Jake Debrusk, and I wonder whether or not the conversation between the Debrusk camp and the Bruins actually existed before yesterday. Uh, but Jake has had a tough go here. Uh, last year he got COVID. Uh, and uh, you know, was it kind of in and out of the lineup a little bit? Didn't have a great year after scoring 27 and 19 goals the two years before that. He uh, was a healthy scratch the other night. It's now official that Rick Vallette, who represents uh, Ryan Rashog, reporting yesterday that uh, Vallette verified that uh, the the DeBrus camp has requested a trade out of Boston. Um, I mean, look, we have Louie on the show. I watched Jake play as far back as when he was in midgets. Um, I, I don't even know if they call it midgets anymore. That's how far long ago this was. Pretty good player in the Western League. Had a 42-goal season, 27-goal season for Boston. Was good in the playoffs. Knocked Nazem Kadri a bit off his game. Not sure what's happened. But I think it should be noted, Mark, there aren't a lot of young forwards in Boston that have gained a lot of traction over the last couple of years. It's kind of like the perfection line in nobody else. So just keep that in mind. What's your take on all of this? Where are we headed
1: here? Yeah, it's a good question, Bob. They've, they've not developed young players, right? They've had a lot of young guys come in there, like Andrews Bjork, and, uh, who, never, you know, who were touted and never turned into players. In fact, Jake DeBrus is pretty much clearly the best one of them uh you know what first first things first we have to remove it's hard you know i i pride myself on being an objective journalist and objective reporter and i and i am not a fan here uh and it's hard to remove yourself from a guy like jake because we know his dad and we've known him since he was a kid and it makes it more difficult but i'll say this to you this is a player who there's a there is a player here we've seen him be a good player yeah he's he's fallen off the last couple years and and it it's clear there's no question that his coach Him and the coach are run out of track, right? The coach is done with the player. I sense the player is done with the coach. That's just, it gets there sometimes. Uh, That's the way it is. So let's talk about, let's talk coldly about uh, Jake Dabrowski as an asset, Bob. You know, as an asset, this is a player making four and a half million who needs to be qualified at that number after this year. Okay, he's not a four and a half million dollar. Well, no, he's no, a three point
0: six million dollar cap hit, Mark. Sorry, three point six. He he's making. He's. I think he's making four point eight. And now I'm going to have to pull it up on the fly here. I know he's only a three point six cap
1: hit, so that's his cap hit. But he's making four point something, and he needs to be qualified at the end of this year to retain his rights. If I'm not mistaken, Bob, at four and a half million dollars, correct?
0: Uh, I'd have to get the exact number. Yeah. You know, I might I have to reach the guy. I'll, you know what? I'll text uh, the guy from Puckpedia. Uh, yeah,
1: heart, whatever. Heart I'm pretty sure it's four and a half. This is my point. Anyone who acquires Jake DeBrusk is not acquiring a player that they're going to. They're going to pay four and a half million dollars to qualify. So you're you're acquiring a player whose right it will be at the end of this season to become a USA. So no matter what kind of guy you have and how much you like him and how good a season is and all that stuff, I have a hard time thinking anyone's – Jake could possibly play well enough between now and the end of the season for someone that they're going to qualify him at four and a half. So you're really picking up a player who can walk away from you whenever he wants. So that makes him a distressed asset, Bob, for well, Boston Bruins. Yeah. Hard to trade.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting how it's all worked out there. I mean, Mark, I'm just looking at the numbers of the Boston players. So they're top line, and Marshawn's been suspended for three games because he slew-footed yet another guy. Uh, But Marshawn's a great player. He's third in the league in the scoring over the last five-plus seasons. Uh, Burr's running Pasternak, and Pasternak's dealt with a very difficult personal situation. I mean, it's just awful what happened to him. So uh, they're both at a point per game. And then... The next highest-scoring forward is Charlie Coyle, who's their second-line center. Taylor Hall's there. Taylor Hall's got five goals and 10 points in 18 games. Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall's a pretty good player, Mark. Like he's you signed a four-year deal, didn't he? He had $6 million per. And then yeah. Jake's at 3-3 three, three, and 6. Hall's at 5-5 five, five, and 10. Uh, Jake's at 3-3 three, three, and 6 in 17 games. So it's interesting because it's not – like there's a lot of guys there that don't appear to be – Really killing it with the Boston, and there are no young like it's. Their young forwards, there's nobody that's kicked the door in over the last five or six years. And that makes me wonder a bit if there's a little bit too much negative energy with some of those younger players. Like, you know, and it's it's funny how things. Look, look at what was going on here with Paul Yarby, right? And now he's been moved down to the line with McLeod, and we got fans that don't like that, but other fans sit there and say, well, wait a sec. He gets to help drive that line with McLeod with their speed and pace and balance out the Oilers' lines. It's a pretty interesting scenario, of Jake. I'll tell you this. I'm going to provide a scenario for you. So, uh, uh, by the way, 4.41 is what he needs to be qualified at. Okay. 120% of his AAV since that's lower than his final year of the salary at 4.85. So you're right. It's going to be probably at 4.4 million. That might, I mean, I'm not sure he gets qual. So here's the scenario I'm going to provide. Why would you trade for his rights at all? He's a distressed asset. Now, what you could there's two things that you can do. You could trade for him. Sit down with Rick Vallette, say let's do a two year deal. You come in at like three million bucks or two and a half million bucks, right? It, and and the sort of teams that make sense: Ottawa, San Jose, Vegas, or sorry, uh, Seattle. Seattle's looking for scoring. Ottawa's looking for scoring. Uh, Arizona's looking for scoring. Buffalo and Boston have done a lot of trades last couple of years. Buffalo's looking for some established score. Those teams could all, and then they could turn around and they could do a a short-term deal. The other scenario, spec I'm going to throw at you right here, right now. If he does go to free agency, what if the DeBrus camp looks and says, well, why don't I go to a place where they got two good centers, and I know I'm going to play in the top six and just sign a one-year deal and try to capitalize off that?
1: Yep. Well that's I, I listen, a couple things there. Everything you say makes a lot of sense to me. Uh I don't see Edmonton in that scenario. You know, where does he play in Edmonton? You know, does he replace Zach Hyman or does he replace Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Well know? Zach
0: Hyman plays on the right side. Uh he can no,
1: Zach Hyman can play on the right side. Right. <laughs> right? Zach Hyman can play on the right side. Do you you know, I would ask I mean, I don't know. Listen, this isn't me saying Jake DeBrusk couldn't look real good on left wing at Edmonton. He could. My question is, if I'm Dave Tippett, do I feel like I want to move Zach Hyman from a position he's awfully good at, put him on the other side, so that I could fit Jake DeBrusk in here? Uh, that's a question you better ask Kip, you know?
0: And that's, and you know what, I mean that's a fair, and no, we're not going to ask that question at 115 for the listeners, because we can't, <laughs> because he's the property of another NHL franchise, but I, I am... Or, or do
1: you just go out and get a right winger, Bob, is my point. Well, and and, and we're not writing Yamamoto off
0: here, we're just saying the guy's played 20 games this year with dry and R&H, he's got four goals and five points. You know, so you might have been hoping for a little bit of more offense. Now that said about Yamamoto, he's a plus player every year. Every year he's a plus player.
1: Yeah, listen, we're we're in a you build your team in the summer, and then the first 50 games are a dress rehearsal for the trade deadline Bob. and that's where the orders are right now. I think Ken Holland uh, history is showing us here; it's playing out. He did a pretty darn good job of building his team this summer. Pretty, you know, he hit some hit some doubles and triples here, for what I can see. Now, let's play 50 games. You know, we thought, geez, they're going to need a left side D. Mm-hmm. They're going to need a third line center. You know what? McLeod's making you think twice about that Roberg's making you think twice about that maybe you end up you need a right winger. Uh, I don't know what the answer is but by January by February we're all going to know and that's when you're going to make your deals.
0: we're joined by Mark Spector. it's 1258 spec can you stay with us for 10 minutes or do you got a bolt uh, between 105 and 115 to do Crosby?
1: Uh, I think I'm okay. I've got uh, all the pens are still on the practice ice here, so it looks good for me, Bobby. All right. Mark
0: Specter will stay with us until 1.15. Dave Tippett, Oilers head coach at 1.15. Bakersfield Condors head coach Jay Woodcroft at 1.35. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stauffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.